Hi, Virginia Trioli here with just a little warning that this episode of You Don't Know Me mentions suicide and self-harm. If you need support, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or look in the show notes for a few other support lines. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Just a little bit nervous. Oh, good. No, no I like that. Stay nervous. <laughs> You're far too self-confident about all this parental stuff anyway, Oh, frankly. God, yeah. Hello, I'm Virginia Trioli and welcome to You Don't Know Me, the podcast in which I ask some of Australia's biggest names seven big questions. Something cracked inside me. It was like, oh, my God, there's nothing good about me. This episode, you get to meet the one and only Maggie Dent, She's host of her own podcast, a proud mother of four, and Australia's parenting expert. Maggie Dent, welcome. Oh, lovely to be here. I really struggle with the word expert because I'm still buggering up um, <laughs> as a nanny, and um, the boys keep reminding me of all my major cock-ups, so I love the fact that um, <laughs> there is no perfect in the landscape of parenting. Well, there isn't, but there is a, with grandparenting. I, I, I love that, that, that lovely phrase that uh, grandparents and grandchildren have an enemy in common. Yeah, it's the fantastic descriptive, isn't it? I must admit, like, it just blew my head out. Um, I just thought everyone was telling me fibs about how good it was going to be, but it is definitely the best, best journey I've ever been on this one. I can, I can imagine. How did you get into all this? I mean, how did, how did parenting, and in particular focusing on, on girls, and then, as I mentioned, to a great extent, boys, how did it come to you, Maggie? Totally accidental. <laughs> I'm the accidental parenting educator. I got a high school teacher and then um, went on an intensive breeding program. And while I was on that, I actually um, did some volunteering in palliative care and death and dying and ended up doing uh, becoming an authorised celebrant. So I've done over a thousand weddings and 250 funerals. And I kept kind of dabbling around the edge of people in crisis and joy. And when I came back to teaching, when I finally had a break, when all the boys were old enough, um, I suddenly realised that you know, there were lots of kids in my classrooms that struggled that, you know, where was, why? Because some of them, it wasn't to do with how much money their parents had. So I started questioning that. And then um, then I realised anyone can teach kids how to write paragraphs. Um, so I did a postgrad diploma in counselling and therapy and set up my own um, counselling therapy and training centre and lost $35,000 in the first year because I wasn't very good at finances. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> and that's when I, when you've got a troubled child or teen, you need to work with the parents. And then I thought, I just run a small group of parent stuff and they kept saying, geez, you make so much sense. So then I wrote a little, you know, did a little bit bigger and then I re-tapped into my joy of writing because as a little girl, grew up on a farm without TV and only ABC radio, I loved to read and write. And that book resonated quite deeply and so I just kept doing that. And then, I, yeah, the, yeah, more and more people kept saying, come on, let come to my school and talk about that or do that. And then the wonderful ABC came and gave me a great gift because all I'd secretly wanted to do other than right was be an abc newsreader and well podcast host is close and there it is still not quite sure what's next let's get to the questions for you Yay. maggie dent you'd never know it but i i know this sounds crazy because you know i run these massive big you know, seminars for thousands of people in conferences, but I'm an incredible um, introvert. So um, 
I come out to play really powerfully. I can do it all day, but then I'm done and there's nothing left. And my hubby knows that when I finish those things, don't talk to me. Um, and if I'm somewhere, I can have a bath and he'll get me a glass of wine and go and order Thai takeaway. I'm done. There's just nothing left. So it's interesting juggling that when you are out and about. So a podcast is perfect for me and being an author is perfect for me because I have a lot of solo time where I don't mm. have where I don't lose all my energy. But isn't that interesting because I notice... That comes up quite a bit on some of your chats. It comes, some of the loudest up, it comes people. up quite a bit. And, and I've got to tell you, um, listeners go, oh, don't say introvert again. I know. Well, here's, sorry. here's my, here's my counter offer is that is it introversion or is it that when you are required to stand in front of an auditorium of 400 people and prosecute an argument and think on the spot and take questions and be empathic, it's actually bloody tiring. And what you're feeling is tired at the end of it as opposed to introversion. No, no, because an, in, an extrovert will still want to go out and have dinner and really fill up their cup, and I can't do it. Yeah, they go, they go out and party for hours afterwards. Yes. And I, yeah, true. that just, yeah, that would, you stick a pen in my eye, I'd have more fun. <laughs> What's the fork in the road that you almost took? <clears throat> yeah, well, that's a biggie, because I was a very moody, dark teen, like lots of us are, and um, I, the only thing I thought that was good about me, um, Virginia, was the fact that I loved learning, I loved school, and I was quite academically capable. And then I shot off to university, and they all told me, you should be doing law, your grades are so high. So I was kind of thinking that, so I'll do an arts degree, maybe transfer to law. And then I failed my first essay in my entire life in the second semester at University of Western Australia. And something cracked inside me. It was like, oh my God, there's nothing good about me. And I literally walked back to my, um, you know, university boarding room and tried to end my life. I did a spontaneous suicide attempt. And in amongst it, fortunately, I hadn't planned it. And the um, tablet cracked on my, you know, tongue and it was bitter and I vomited all it, it all up. And I was just in a fetal position, just snot and vomit and tears. And it was like an epiphany moment where I suddenly realised how fragile how fragile are, are us as teens? My God, if that happened to me, and I, you know, I've got friends, I play sport, I'm academically capable, I've got a fabulous sister who's my, how, what about all the rest? So that literally I went, okay, I think I need to be in the schools where these kids are. And I swooped from basically heading to law to heading to teaching. And um, that was the fork in the road I was meant to be on. That's an extraordinary story, and I'm sure one that um, a lot of people listening to will respond to very powerfully. Um, did you have people around you who were who in whom you were able to properly confide and who were helpful for you? No, see, that's some of the things that we do as teens. We convince ourselves we're okay, and I wasn't influenced by half of the stuff that today's girls are, um, and yet. You know, I still thought I was ugly and, and fat and useless and not good enough and all sorts of things that we run in our head. Um, and I was being an introvert again, so therefore I wouldn't, I wouldn't reach out for help. I wouldn't do help-seeking behaviour. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't reach out for anybody on that journey, that, you know, 20-minute walk from when I got my essay result back to my... I didn't reach out to anyone. And often we just don't think we're worthwhile mm. in that space. Um, unfortunately, after that, I definitely did. Um, and I was really, really rapt to find there was a fabulous um, kind of youth counsellor available on the university campus. And she 
kind of started to give me that sense that, you know, it's wobbly this age and it's yeah. wobbly, been wobbly for a number of years. And that really drew me to being a very different teacher in a classroom who could, who well, I wasn't just there to teach English and I was always there to be the one that could give them messages about, you know, who we are and everyone has a unique strength inside them and it gets bubbly in this journey. So I was I was kind of grateful because I could actually read through their masks. I was new. So when I was counselling, um, often, you know, they'd come to me because I was the safe person even, you know, and it was really crazy because I was so busy. I nearly burned out twice. Um, and what was lovely was the boys were coming. So boys don't want to go and talk to anyone because mm. that means I'm really there's something really wrong with me. And I love that that was a doorway into where I ended up, you know, writing to help everyone understand that, you know, our boys are just as fragile at times as girls and that we've got so many of our social conditionings that are, are not allowing them to reach out for um, support or to own their vulnerable feelings or when they feel broken and scared. So, yeah, it's it, it's it's been an interesting journey. What about I always? How would you answer that? <laughs> okay. Well, I could go simplistically and say I always start every day with a cup of good English breakfast tea, mm-hmm. which we would have done on the farm. Um, another thing I do is I... I I recognised um, I never put anything. I kind of my priority in life now is to make sure I don't overwork, and that I have this thing that we. It, there's no such thing as balance. I really want to say that, but I'm much better at it. I burned out a number of times in life because I, I was struggling with that sense. Many women have that I need to be the overcarer. I need to be out there helping everyone. I never need to upset anyone, and mm. I never said no and. I now am <laughs> I'm always going, hmm, does that really feel right for me? So now I tune really deeply into my intuitive self when I make choices, which means I'm an unusual boss to have. Because my team says, So what's coming up? I said, I don't know. I haven't haven't sensed it yet. <laughs> so I tune into something I never tuned into before that I believe is inside every human, whether it's a human spirit or it's your higher self or it's your yes. God essence, it doesn't matter what it is. But that, oh my gosh, that's that makes much better decisions than my ego and my brain. That's really interesting and such an important thing for a lot of high-functioning people in particular to pay attention to. What about I never? <laughs> I never put anything off that could possibly be good fun. Okay, because I worked <laughs> with death and, death and dying and, you know, and I actually helped a number of people transition from our earth. Um, none of them, you know... None of them kind of wished they'd worked harder and they all thought they had more time. So I started this kind of phrase around home. Um, okay, we're going to do it just in case, just in case I die. And the boys all thought it was a terrible joke. Um, and so once uh, they were all kind of a couple, no, one still in high school and three at uni. And I said, um, you know what, I'm going to, yep, let's all go. They're all surfers. I'm going to take you all to North Shore in Hawaii. We're going to go on a holiday just in case I die young, right? I had two maxed out credit cards. Ridiculous financial choice. Jetstar was cheap. Um, We got a great deal. The dollar was actually pretty good at that point. (laughs) And um, I just wanted us to have a holiday where they were able to do something right at the top of their absolute love bucket. Um, And we're just going to hang out together and... I accidentally planned it because it was towards the end of the year that we had um, Thanksgiving. So that, oh my God, it's so big in America. Huge. And mm. it was like 
celebrating everything I wanted to celebrate about the fact that, you know, we're a family, you know, not perfect, but we have a lot of laughs. And then I'd accidentally booked us in when the Triple Crown, a massive big surfing event is in Hawaii, in North Shore. So during the day, they were surfing with the world's greatest at a beach they could walk to. So when we sat them all down at Thanksgiving, I said, that. so this trip wipes out everything bad I've ever done to you as a mother. Is that okay? And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they went, yep, cool. You're all cool now, Mum. Um, That's a and fair, I, fair exchange. It, yep. Except they took me out for dinner on the last night and tried the same trick. You know, and I said, no, that's no, you know, just a Chinese dinner is not going to cancel everything you've always done. Um, And I think that's something I I still live by. If there's an opportunity for me to do something. And so I have a bucket list and I'm working through it. You know, I've climbed to the top of, um, you know, the Sydney Harbour Bridge and uh, I've been to Uluru and I've been to Giverny and Monet's Garden and I've been to the Rocky Mountains. I've been to Lake Louise. So I've got a list, bucket list. Mm -hmm. I want to try and fit in in case my knees get too dodgy. (laughs) And I, yeah, because you don't want to leave with regrets. I think that's what I want to, I don't want to leave, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Never put anything off that could possibly bring me joy because, yeah, you never know. You never know. The time I got it terribly wrong was? Oh, there's a lot on this list, Virginia. I'll I'll take one. (laughs) So when I was 16, um, I was a very fiery, moody, dark 16, but I'm also a bit of a tomboy. So after netball one day, I was at boarding school in a country high school. Um, a couple of my boy mates had a farm not far out of town. They said, we're going to go um, motorbike riding and drive, driving around and beat up old cars. And I said, yeah, I'm in, right? And Because um, I wasn't supposed to be. Um, and we ended up racing across a paddock and I had a kind of cut down old ute, which meant there wasn't much in the back of it. And while we were racing, um, I clipped a rock and it flipped and flipped a couple of times, threw me out and then kind of was about, and it came down and crushed one of my legs. And um, so I had to (laughs) ring my dad. So I was actually in hospital getting my foot fixed. And of course, I was supposed to be at the hostel. Now, I mean, crazy decision. And we know we make impulsive decisions, but why it was really terrible was I loved sport and country week was coming up and all netball season's coming and I was hobbling around like I couldn't play sport for a whole year. It was just like not just a dumb decision, a dumb decision that really reminded me over a long period of time and there were so many stairs in my high school. I had the strongest arms. Yeah, <laughs> and by the end of it you absolutely would. Um, yeah, no, and, and I guess that's also interesting in terms of you know, we want our kids to be brave and to take risks, but somehow strategizing with them about how to put some boundaries around risk-taking is the really tricky thing, isn't it? Especially when the GABA's turned off, and that's the um, gamma butyrotic amino acid in the brain, which is the impulse centre in the brain, gets turned off, right? When? And in adolescence. Mm-hmm. And so when you pile on, particularly for boys, lots more testosterone, lots more wanting to wanting to get a buzz and stretch themselves that's why they muck up so many times and I always argue I'm part boy part bloke um but uh, yeah that was one thing I wish I hadn't done that day (laughs) what about this one it's a small thing but I'm still so (laughs) proud that I just just a small thing but something that matters to you yeah okay so I couldn't run very fast as a child and my dad always used to say just make sure you compete um, and then when I got to high school um, in the school sports, they introduced um, discus and shot put. And I thought, 
oh, I might be able to throw if I can't run. So I threw bricks around the farm for a couple of months. <laughs> and in year nine, I won the shot put in the discus. And I'm still really, really proud about that. Yes. You know? Isn't it funny, though, those those medals from, from year <laughs> nine, the, 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 the blue ribbon from year four, I mean, if you don't, if you haven't got that shoved in a bottom drawer somewhere, you, you're not a, you're not a human being. I can understand, particularly if you're not sporty. Like you know, I, I was not sporty. My God, those moments, you, you never forget yeah. them, do you? No, and I, yeah, and I did hear my dad saying something. I had a really good dad, and he said to, um, so one of my best friend ran like the wind, like she just ran like mad, always winning trophies and everything. And my dad sort of was talking to her dad, and he said, "Yes, some people have fleet-footed daughters, and mine wins the shot put." <laughs> He had a great sense of humour. And I said, I could have come second, Dad. <laughs> Our last question for you, Maggie, is my secret pleasure is? Oh, look, I'm a basketball tragic. Look, born and bred basketball tragic. So it was it was my thing to, yeah, get rid of the aggro when I was a teen. I played two comps at uni, nearly got to state level. I have coached every one of my boys. Um, I played to my mid-40s. I still have a basketball backboard at home that I'm still out there trying to whip my boys. I don't do the turnaround jump shot anymore, but I'm, I'm pretty narky at some of the shots. Um, and I watch it still. So it's like it never left me because it gave me so much joy um, that I'm, yeah, I'm determined that that little secret pleasure, you know, I probably will need a basketball coming with me in my coffin really because... <laughs> It has been, it has brought so much joy to my life. Um, yeah, and, and I said, met so many people and enjoyed exquisite trips and competitions and things like that. And I also played in an all Aboriginal girls um, basketball, women's basketball team when I was in Albany. And it was so much fun because all of them just wanted to play sport for fun. There was just this, oh my God, it was so good. But it certainly confused a lot of people. Well, why was Maggie Dent playing with only Aboriginal Noongar girls? And um, that was the best competition I ever played in. How and wonderful. some of those women are still, you know, good mates of mine. You <laughs> know, we're all in our 60s, pushing 70. But still with a backboard at home. Oh, the pleasure and the passion of it. Yeah, it's still in still my there. heart. You Don't Know Me is presented by me, Virginia Trioli. It's produced by Joe Sullivan and Jules Hay with audio production by Michael Black. On this podcast, I sit down with singers, celebrities and senators. At least that's what my next guest calls himself. Fork in the road. You know what? I I was nearly going to be a tram driver. Really? Yeah, but I didn't go to the induction. Thankfully, he didn't go down that track. The self-styled Senator Briggs is my guest for the next You Don't Know Me. Follow the podcast now on the ABC Listen app so you don't miss out. And thanks for listening. Do you ever have moments looking after your kids when you think, what the heck am I doing? I have absolutely no idea what I'm supposed to do right now. I just need some help. Help me, Maggie. So where do you get the answers to big parenting questions and challenges? right here with me, Maggie Dent, on Parental As Anything, the podcast. It's where you'll find practical solutions and tips on all the big issues, like what to do if your child is vaping. There is a vape amongst all of my child's bedding. Why is there a vape in my daughter's room? How to get your kids ready for big, big school. Really separating the idea of this is new and different versus this is hard and scary. And how to parent when you're feeling just 
<sighs> like you really can't do it anymore. You're still in love with your child, but it's the emotional distancing from their children. Parental as Anything with me, Maggie Dent. You'll find it on the ABC Listen app or wherever you find your podcasts.